Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we reflect on another win for Nottingham Forest, a 2 0 victory over Coventry City, which takes them to fifth in the championship, two points ahead of seventh place Middlesbrough with a game in hand, and and they're now also eight points behind Bournemouth with eight to play. And one of the guests today, Greg Mitchell, has already sent me a copy of the of the table from 2008 when we all know what happened there as Forest went up after a remarkable charge in the final weeks of the season. So, first guest today is said Greg Mitchell. Hello, Greg. You well? Yeah, very well. It's good as ever. After a few accidental beers last night, you were telling me, yeah. No, no. It's the, no. It's the celebrations, isn't it? That's the problem. Like, <laughs> it's costing us a fortune being this good. True, true. And our second guest today, after uh, a while away from the show, he's like a new signing, actually. The proverbial new signing, coming back after a few accidental beers as well last night, perhaps, is Gary Bertels. Hello, Gary, you, are you okay? Yeah, probably less than 2,000 quid to sign in this time. <laughs> Well, we both know there's no budget for this podcast. So yeah, I had a few not. accidental white wines last night as well, I must admit. Well, all, like down say, to, all down to the other man in the picture there. If in doubt, blame Greg. That's, that's the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. But as we say, good times at the moment. Another good, solid win for Forrest. You you were both there, obviously. Um, Gary, just overall thoughts on the game? Well-deserved or not? Yeah, well-deserved, but give Coventry great credit because they were difficult. Uh, I think that everybody thought when they saw the games, the three games coming up, Blackpool, um, Coventry and Birmingham, it's going to be easy. It's never easy. Championship, you know, we all know how difficult that is. And Coventry, I think if they'd have had a cutting edge up front, it could have been a, a lot different. It could have been closer. They, they moved the ball really well. The build-up play was excellent. But... You know, we had three defenders again who coped magnificently, I thought. You know, Figueredo's come in and uh, he's done a great job alongside McKenna and Worrell. And when you've got that basis there of those three, that confidence that then reflects through the side is is really evident to see. As a, as a striker, when I knew I'd got Burns and Lloyd and Clark and Anderson, Barrett, people like that, you knew that you're OK. You know, you could do your stuff and you could rely on them to do what they did unbelievably well. And I think that's, you know, that's the feeling I get throughout the team. McKenna was different class again last night, bringing the ball out again. Uh, there were so many good performances. Jack, you know, again, just defies all the, the, the odds a little bit. You know, people overlook his performances, I think, uh, because there's so many other good performances throughout the team. But it was a total and utter team performance last night for me. Mm-hmm. Mm, true. If anyone's watching this on Facebook and YouTube, sorry about my lighting. I'm not turning my light on and off again. It's just my laptop's updated. I need to get it fixed. So uh, apologies for that. Greg, did Forrest just have that bit of extra quality then? Like Gary says, I thought Coventry were decent, to be fair, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, the start of the season when we went to their place and you're full of hope, I remember walking out that ground thinking, oh God, like this season isn't going the way that we all thought it might. And it was just such a downer. So I think 
building up to the game, the last couple of games, I kept thinking back to that. And I was I was nervous about last night. And they started well as well. The fans were making a lot of noise. I thought, oh God, this is like such a massive game. And we just controlled it. That second half, the confidence in our players, it was just brilliant. And, you know, <laughs> you wake up in the morning just like full of joy again. They've done it again. And fireworks full of, full going of Well, <laughs> pale ale. But, you know, the fireworks as you walk out the ground. And it's just, it's just a brilliant time to be a Forest fan at the minute. You know, it's been a miserable couple of years for so many people. And then what they're doing at our club is just brilliant. And long may it continue. Mm, well, the difference, true. I think you mentioned the Coventry game. I watched that game. Uh, it, was, it was live on TV. And we, mm. we went 1-0 up. And after that, we said, right, OK, we're going to defend this one goal lead. And we, we conceded two in the last 10 minutes. And that is the total and utter difference in what's happening now. We don't defend one goal leads. We go and Steve Cooper wants his team to just go and take teams apart and just punish them. And that's how we played when we, you know, under, under Brian. You know, we didn't want to win 1-0. We wanted to win 3-0. We wanted to, you know, sort of wipe the floor with any opposition we played against. Never sat back, never rested on our laurels. And that's, that's the feeling you get from Steve and, you know, the, the, the players. They want to go out and you know, win games wonderfully well. And at the moment, you know, they're doing that. The only downside in the last two games was conceding that goal against Blackpool. But that's a little minor thing. You know, the, the goal average now is, what, 23 mm. uh, goal difference. So, you know, it, it's just, it's the third best in the league. And that mm. just speaks volumes for, you know, what Steve has been doing with, the, you know, the, the whole backroom staff. And there's a, just a feeling of... You know, so much confidence around the place. You don't want to over-egg the pudding a little bit, but you have to say it. And uh, nobody, if we get in the playoffs, nobody will want to play us at all because the all-round team performances, yeah, we pick individuals out. Brennan, I mean, 15 goals this season. That's what you want. That's what, you know, sort of Steve Hodge and people like that, uh, you know, were scoring in the you know the old days a little bit. And Ian Bowyer, you always got into double figures. You know, I played with some really excellent, you know, players in those positions and you expected that from them. But 15 goals is just, you know, staggering for one of his age. And, you know, it, it doesn't always go for him, but he, he never gets down on himself. And I think you saw that again last night. He's, he's, he's just prepared every time he picks that ball up to go and do something and commit people. And, you know, it rubs off. I think everything rubs off around everybody. It's, it's not just about one individual. It's like when McKenna brings it out or Worrell brings it out or, you know, Figueredo brings it out, you win a header. You know, it lifts people around you. You know, that's, that, that, that is a feeling you get. You know, the squad is so united. If we look at um, team selection, I mean, I, I must admit, I didn't look, look at it for 10 minutes because I'm not really worried who plays at the moment. I just think they'll win. But the fact that Samba played with Horvath back in the country now, Greg, does that kind of settle a debate that probably Samba's number one? Especially with his performance last night. But what I love is, if Samba gets injured, if Samba gets sent off, we haven't got to worry. We've got just as a competent goalkeeper ready to come in. It was like when Gary mentioned Colback earlier. He's made that position his own. So if we did get Sheffield United in the playoffs and Low can't play, it's not a worry for us anymore. We've got what we haven't had for years and it's a, such a solid bench. You know, bringing Graben and Surridge on when you tune it up, it's just the confidence, you can feel it. And it's so nice to see. And it's it's such a difference from what we've had for, well, 
however long I can remember. Mm. Well, that, that's mm. what I'm talking about. You mentioned Surridge and Graben coming on. Most managers, maybe at that stage, would have gone defensive and bought mm. you know defensive people on. Steve didn't. He bought two strikers on, and I think that surprised a few people. It didn't surprise me because I, I I know you know you can see how he thinks about what's the right thing to do at the right time. You know he's very good at putting substitutes on at right times, but to bring two strikers on at that point. You think right? He's, we, we're going for more goals here, and it put a smile on my face when I saw those two come on. You know, so that's a massive positive. Wait, you make it. I don't think we. Last time you were on, sorry, hadn't played that many games. You've, you've seen enough of him now from a striker's point of view, Gary. What's your What's your take on him? I love him. Um, absolutely. First thing you notice is his work rate. Uh, you know, when he comes on, he's he, he closes down. He runs across the line. But I'll tell you what: the goals he scored. They've been quality, absolute quality. Uh, he just relaxes on the ball. That's as a striker, you, you have to relax when it when it comes your way. Sometimes you'll see strikers, even at the highest level, try and hit the ball too hard, and it flies everywhere. It goes over the bar. I always say in commentary when I'm, I'm take a little bit off when you have the shot, hit the target. That's what Brian Clough always said. Hit the target. Make sure you hit the target. Uh, take a little bit of pace off it and. Sorry, he just it, it looks so comfortable for him when he gets in those positions, and he almost he sweeps the ball home. You know, he doesn't smash it home. He looks sort of it, it's elegant. It's it's you know, it's it's a great thing to watch the way he finishes. Everybody, every striker has different ways of finishing, but I tell you what, his, his all round game. He's he's just getting more confident, and you know, like Greg said, coming off the bench, grabbing and Surridge, that's going to frighten teams to death because. You know, they're both very, very capable if they get the right service to, you know, take teams apart. Um, in your kind of earlier monologue there, Gary, you discussed the back three. And interesting how Figs has played so well that to me it kind of raises the question about does Steve Cook even walk straight back into the team as good as he's been? What What would you think when Cook's fit? Would you want him straight back in or does he have to bide his time as well now? I, I would have him straight back in. That's no detriment to anybody else. You know, he was outstanding when he was in there. You know, he brings an air of experience and, and confidence, for, you know, again, throughout the team. It's like, you know, uh, Samba coming back in. I, I think he's the best goalkeeper. He has to learn his lesson from what he did because that could have let the team down massively. Well, it did at the time. It was totally uncalled for. We all saw it come in. Just hope he's learned his lessons. And obviously, it looks like he has because I don't think Steve would have put him back in if he hadn't. You know, I think discussions might have happened, talks might have happened. You know, what are you doing? Why are you doing these stupid things when you don't need to? And uh, he is a great, you know, shot stopper. We we all know that. But, you know, Horvath coming in as well, I think surprised a few because of, of the previous performances. People thought, oh, no, he's, he's maybe an accident waiting to happen a little bit. Not at all. You know, he showed great composure. He's, uh, you know... Goalkeepers and strikers always get the stick if things go wrong because a goalkeeper makes a mistake, striker misses an open goal, safest place to play is midfield because, you know, you're okay there. Um, but, yeah, he's. Uh, he, I think he deserves to be the, the number one at the moment. He's proved that over the years. The number of people within the championship who say probably one of the best goalkeepers in the championship, you know, so you listen to things like that. And, uh, again, he, you know, he proved it last night. You know, his distribution's good. Um, you know, he's confident with the ball at his feet. With goalkeepers have to be now. So, yeah, I've got no problem with him coming back in if he behaves himself. 
Well, he has the last two games, hasn't he? He's been very quiet, to be fair. And what about Cook and Figs, Greg? What would you want to see happen? It's a good debate, isn't it? I mean, why change it if we're playing so well? I think now something came up last night saying we've scored, we've conceded five less goals than anyone in the championship since September or something. And that's with losing one of our main defenders. So I honestly wouldn't know what to do. And that's why I'm clearly no manager, but it wouldn't matter to me if Cook comes back in, great. If Fig stays there, we're doing well anyway. So, well, I don't can, know. I, can I just go back to our day again? Sometimes you have to. I don't like, you know, relating back all the time. But when we played, David Needham came to the club. Um, and Larry Lloyd was, you know, and Kenny Burns were the, the, the number one and, two, you know, number one defenders. When Larry got injured, David came in and David Needham was magnificent. You know, absolutely superb for us. But when Larry Lloyd got fit, you know, Cluff, you know, Cluffy said, "Sorry, Dave. You know, Larry's a number one." And Larry and the gaffer didn't get on particularly well, you know, because Larry was quite outspoken. And so that—that's what you do. You know, the tough decisions have to be made. But you—you've got to go with what you think is your best starting eleven. And Steve will always do that. How did Needham take it? Yeah, took it. He wasn't. You know, he's not going to be happy. Nobody's going to be happy at being number two. But I think he understood. I think he respected. You know how much the gaffer thought of him because he wouldn't have brought him to the club. I mean, Brian Clough bringing a player to the club, you've got to be good. You mm. know because he he was a top manager. You know, so he only bought the players he thought could work for him. And David was a massive part of what you know the, the success we achieved. Yeah, and to be fair to Figs, he seems like a great pro. I mean, he's been out in the cold quite a few times and always done well he's come back in. Um, I want to move on to Ghana and the quality of his performance. I mean, Greg, you seem to be telling your dog at 2am that he was uh, <laughs> he was playing very well, judging by the picture you put on Twitter of your dog looking intently as you waffled on about James Garner while half-cut. That's what Lager does to you. <laughs> now, now you've sobered up. Tell us about James Garner. Uh, I think <laughs> it was the... The performance of his Forest career so far, he just controlled the game and he's so good. I think we keep him if we go up now. Uh, if we don't go up, I think he's a he's a Premier League player, whether it's on loan in the, the lower half or, you know, tries his go at Man U. But he was brilliant and he just gives you so much confidence. And what helps him was obviously Davis just bullying every single player in that middle from, you know, the, 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 the entire pitch he was. And it freed Garner up just to play just a, a real good, like, playmaking role, really. So, mm. uh, you know, the, these players just seem to be, you think they're in form and then they're stepping it up even further. So excited to see what happens on Saturday and how much better they get again because players like, you know, Jimmy Garner are just getting better and better every single game. And they don't seem to be tiring either. You know, they, our work rate is ridiculous and especially in the second half we seem to step it up like not so much Blackpool second half but previously and especially last night we step it up again and you know like we say we make those subs and we don't give Coventry any hope of getting back into it if we'd have made some defensive subs and took Garner off maybe you think oh you know backs against the wall now but our team doesn't allow that to happen and it's it's how we love seeing us play and, you know, just keep it going and keep playing that way with that tempo and we'll just keep winning games. Mm-hmm. The one the one small criticism I'll say about Garner last night, I was disappointed in set pieces. 
especially his corners. <clears throat> there weren't. Uh, he overhit. He overhit a couple. Uh, he didn't beat the first man at the near post. Um, you know, free kicks went beyond everybody and out. And you don't expect that from him. Hopefully, it's just a blip. I think sometimes you try and be too perfect, not just in the championship. <coughs> Excuse me. You, you look at the Premier League, and the one thing you keep saying, why do you not hit the first? Why don't hit the first man? Just put mm. it in an area you know that your teammate can attack it between the penalty spot and the six-yard box. Keep the keeper out of the equation. But you see, even the great players don't beat that first man, and it's so frustrating. Your centre-arse come up, you know, 78 yards. They've then got to run 78 yards back if the quality's not there. Um, and that was the only, you know, minor criticism, you know, of his performance last night. Um, mm. And I'm sure he expects a little bit better of himself. And, you know, on Saturday, everything might go exactly to go according to plan. He might have looked at, what, you know, what he did. I hope he does. Because, you know, I used to do that. If I, you know, I thought I had some sort of, you know, bad performance. You know, what could I do to improve it the next game? Uh, but it's a, it's just a minor little criticism, you know, because he is so, he has so much quality and so much ability. Um, I, it won't bother him, but he'll improve on it. Uh, we'll take a couple of questions as we go along. One about can we finish second? We'll get to that. And Darren asks, when do I get my camera fixed uh, later today? Darren, hopefully it is a it bit. It looks annoying. like you're at a disco, actually. I, I know it's really annoying. Sorry, <laughs> I'll get it fixed today. Um, Greg made an interesting point there, Gary, about Davis. I mean, he's right. Is he right there? Because if he's drawing two or three men towards him and coming out of the ball, it, it opens up the rest of the field for players like Garner, doesn't it? Um, well, I, I played with a guy called Keith Alexander at Grimsby many years ago, and uh, he was the, he was exactly he was similar. You think he's lost the ball, and all of a sudden he'll get it back, and you know you couldn't get it off him. It was just ridiculous, and, and you know Davis seems to have that innate ability to do that as well. And he's a handful. He backs in. I, I just love what he does to defenders. Defenders hate it. They get too tight. He'll bully them. If he stands off, he'll turn. And he'll he'll go at you, and he'll run at you. So trying to mark him is is a very difficult thing. Uh, I wish he'd win more in the air a little bit. Um, you know, he, he does. You know, win a fair fair share because he's a big lad as well. Uh, but what he's doing at the moment, you know, he leads that line superbly well. Um, I thought the Liverpool game he was a little bit quiet, um, but you're playing against Van Dijk, uh, mm. possibly the best centre half in the world. Um, but last night he was just a massive handful for for their defenders, and that benefits Garner, Zinkenagel. You know, it benefits all around him. You know, Brennan Johnson because his ability to hold the play up, you know, to to win it in the air sometimes. You know, and and they they, they gamble off him. You know, good midfield players gamble and go past. You know, because they ne they expect somebody to win the ball in the air, and that that's what he gives the team. He gives the others the opportunity to feed off him and benefit off him. Didn't score, but you know, massively important in that particular game last night. Mm. Um, go on, Greg. Yeah, I'm just going to like go on that. That the other thing is, Davis absolutely terrorises those players. You know, the Coventry players. He goes off, and they think, "Oh, thank God for that." Then Surridge comes on and does a similar role, but also fresh boots and has a couple of dangerous shots like at you know, Blackpool where he scores one. So it must just be a torrid time for the opposition managers to think, right, what are we going to do here? Because they're such similar players and he's got so much energy that the next guy comes in, 
It's just, it's yeah. brilliant. It's so good to see. Yeah, and Graben as well. I mean, fancy mm. having Graben coming off the bench. Well, yeah, we've not even mentioned him. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if Forest do need a goal with 15 minutes to go, and they're, they're well placed as they can be with this lot coming on, and Lolly as well. One other fact I wanted to mention, I try to avoid mentioning it, but more and more this season we seem to. We discussed the Blackpool ref in a positive way because I quite liked his performance. It was reminiscent of the games you used to play in, Gary, and letting a lot go at Blackpool. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but I was sat watching that, think, what are you doing? Why did you let <laughs> that go? But he was consistent with it, you know, and that's what you want. But last night, I, I just thought it was one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen. It really was. It, it just didn't make any sense. Uh, it was blatantly obvious, you know, on half a dozen occasions at least, that he got it wrong, massively wrong. And uh, I, I don't know what he sees. And where are his assistants in this? Can't they see it as well? Is it a group thing? I, I, I was just totally gobsmacked by his performance last night. And I don't like having a go at referees because I was not brought up, you know, by Brian Clough to have a go at referees. If we had a go at referees, we got absolutely pilloried by the manager. Uh, so I'm, I'm very loath to do it because they've got the one of the hardest jobs in the game. But he consistently got it totally wrong last night. And uh, you talk about players learning from their performances and getting it right the next time. You know, I think he ought to look at his performance and, and say, right, I, I got quite a bit wrong last night. And be honest with yourself and go into the next game and, you know, hopefully get it right. You know, when you were playing, this is on a tangent then, two questions. Were other teams going after the ref like we see today? And secondly, why did Brian Clough, why was he so angry that you went after the ref? Because it was probably an advantage to get in their faces even then. I mean, what, what, why, why was he so pissed off about it? Well, I don't think he was. Are you swearing there? Um, I know. I'll edit that out. I know we live. No, it wasn't that. I think he realised what a difficult job a referee had got because it is one of the hardest jobs in the game. You know, you have to make a split decision, you know, in an instant to, to you either get it right or wrong. And uh, if you kept going in the referee's face, he, you know, he'd go against you. You know, the referees would say, right, well, it's this lot again. It's Nottingham Forest. They're always having a go at us. You know, and maybe things would go against you if, if you, you carried on doing that. So, you know, we did our job and he said, right, let the referee and the, you know, the linesman do their jobs. And he was vociferous on that. You know, if, if any of us had a go, the referee, he'd slaughter us. And he always got the referee in the dressing room before the, you know, games. They used to come and check studs in those days. Um, you know, that's how ancient it was then. But uh, he always said, you know, and I remember him saying to the referee, any trouble from this lot? Let me know and I'll sort them out. I remember that vividly that he actually said that, you know, to referees when they came in. And you, you didn't. You just got on with the game. Yeah, if you thought the, the decision was wrong, you bit your tongue, you know, and just got on with it because it is a difficult job, especially the pace of the game, you know, and trying to get without VAR, you know, you're trying to get... It's like the, uh, the Yates one against Liverpool, the penalty. That could easily have been given a, a penalty. And that's how difficult it can be for referees but last night I thought the decisions that he didn't give were so blatant it was ridiculous everybody in the ground could see it they could see the, the opposition could see it and that that was yeah that was a disappointing thing about that last night yeah some really odd advantages or lack of advantages as well I mean what did you make of it Greg if you even want to talk about a referee <laughs> yeah he's in me it's probably in my bottom five referee performances this year there was that one where, you know, Spence should have had what I thought was a stonewall free kick in an attacking position. 
doesn't give anything. You could tell the crowd's reaction, you know, it was, it was ridiculous. They go run up the other end, take a bit of a dive and get a free kick 20-odd yards out, which luckily the sky. So these decisions are so important and so critical that, you know, I'm glad we give them some stick. I can understand why Brian didn't, because he, he might be getting the referee on his side before the players even go out, I suppose. How but, dare you? <laughs> it, it's just... I'm so glad we're moaning about the refs when we've won because so many times previously it's cost us games and, you know, arguably the Liverpool one, even though they had four, it, there could have been a mistake there. And it's frustrating, but luckily it's not changing anything at the minute because we've already put games to bed. True, true. So the promotion picture overall, I'm trying while I'm talking to get the table up. I'm going to give up and just uh, forget about it. Um Everyone in the comments, Greg, is asking you, actually more than Gary, can Forrest finish second? I mean, you've probably got them finishing first, but I mean, are <laughs> well, your optimism sky high now? We've got a win on Saturday to keep that dream alive of uh, champions. But yeah, we're playing Bournemouth and that's key. You know, that game against Bournemouth, they are on, it seems like another little dip because West Brom aren't a very good side. They're not in form and that was a big loss for them. So this weekend, we get another win, see how Bournemouth get on, and it's all on. It really is. The key is to cement that playoff place. I mean, that's massive because we look at the game in, games in hand, but it's Fulham away and Bournemouth away. The chances are Fulham are already going to be promoted, whether that changes anything. Uh, but that Bournemouth game could be absolutely massive. As long mm. as we keep winning, That that's the key game this season now. But we've just got to keep winning for it to mean anything. Don't uh, Sheffield United play Bournemouth on Saturday? Bournemouth yeah. are playing everyone. They're playing, yeah. They yeah. seem really to be playing time. everyone in that top Yeah, I'm six. sure it's Sheffield United, Bournemouth mm. at Sheffield on Saturday. I think that's a live game, actually, on Saturday. Yeah. And then they've got Middlesbrough as well. In fact, I'll just go through Bournemouth's fixtures again quickly. We did this on Monday, but um, it's interesting to hear just how, how tough their games are. So, Bournemouth, Sheffield United away, Middlesbrough at home, Coventry away, Fulham at home, Swansea away... Blackburn at home, and then I have to refresh the page. And then I think it would be uh, Forest at home and Millwall at home to finish the season. Don't get much tougher than that. No, no. Let me just put the table up because I did save it uh, while Greg was waffling away there. So that's the table as it stands. I've cut off below Blackburn, but QPR, I think, are on 59 and Albion are on about 58 or 57. (coughs) What do you think about that, Gary? I mean, is it actually... Uh, top eight for the playoffs now, or do you think anyone can sneak in? And also, do you think Forrest can sneak second? It's going to be difficult because it's out of your hands. When it's out of your hands, then, you know, you've just got to win your games. That's all you can do. And you just hope Bournemouth keep, you know, going on the run they are at the moment. Uh, but they have quality players. They've got people who score goals. And when you have people who score goals, you've always got a chance of winning football matches. Um, but nerves always come into play. Um, and you know, teams will get nervous they, when they see us creeping into the picture. And it's good that those nerves will come. And teams all around there are going to be playing each other, obviously, because there's that, that many games to go yet, six games to go. So, yeah, you've got to be hopeful. All at the moment, like Greg said, get in the playoffs. Make sure you, you establish yourself in the playoff positions. And who knows what can happen if you, you do that. You just watch other teams losing games, hopefully, and you keep mounting the pressure on them. I mean, if we win Saturday, 
Bournemouth lose. It's it's like the Liverpool Man City scenario. You know that game when they play each other is going to be massive, and it, it could come down to that. You know we've seen stranger things happen in football. You've got to hope it happens, but you've got to expect it not to happen, and just get on with your game. Ignore every other fixture. Ignore every other team. Just do what you keep doing, winning games and winning games well. Because, you know, Steve Cooper, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. I, can't, I keep doing this and because he's, he's given not just the club, he's given the city of Nottingham a big smile. You know, you go anywhere now and uh, in and around, and apart from, you know, around my area, because I'm right on the cusp of Derby and, and Nottingham and Long Eaton. But, you know, there's a smile on people's faces. You know, it, they're proud to be, you know, from Nottingham. And it, it's not just about the football. It's about, you know, the city, you know, being put on the map again a little bit by, you know, what Steve's doing with the football club. And that can only, you know, benefit everybody. It's just, I, I can't wipe the smile off my face at the moment because it's it's just so good to watch. And the feel-good factor is there as well. It's not just about the performances. It's about everything, about the football club. You know, you wherever you go around that place at the moment, there's just a buzz, you know, everybody's loving every minute of it. And that's down to, you know, Steve and his backroom staff because they bring an aura, you know, to the to the club now. You know, it's it's just totally different from what it's been for so many years and, and the positivity is just fantastic. Mm. You don't have to dash, do you, Gary? I know you said you said nine thirty till ten when you when I arranged this. I'm not keeping you, am I now? No, not at all. Oh, good. No, I've just got to be getting me, uh, you know, I've got to get myself sorted today. I've, uh, my daughter's 40 at the weekend. And that shows how old I am. So, yeah, we're, we're having a big celebration for her. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're sorting that out. Oh, good. Well, we'll do another 10 minutes or so then. We'll no problem. You here. Um, just a quick one, Greg. Am I getting really greedy here when I start thinking, oh, it'd be quite nice if Middlesbrough missed out, wouldn't it? Is that a, is that a fact? Yeah. We, see, I'm not so worried about Sheffield United now with Lowe, because as we said, Colback's done such a good job. If Middlesbrough miss out, we have Spence, you know, for the entire running, and that that's massive. But I'm not as worried as I I used to be that if we do play Middlesbrough, I think even without Spence, we get we get um, you know, a, a good go at them. So I honestly don't mind who misses out as long as we're in there or we're even further in the top two. That's just the way they've made us feel about that team at the minute. It, it doesn't matter who we play. If we were playing mm. Fulham this weekend, I'd be thinking three points would be nice here. Mm. It just it, it doesn't matter to me. Mm. Mm. Um, last couple of topics. Any changes for Birmingham, Gary? I mean, players like Surridge and Grabber, they're going to eventually think, oh, I should be getting starts here. Or do you keep rolling with the same team that's winning? No, just keep the same team for me. There's no need to change anything. Uh, you know, people will say maybe Zinkenagel's not been uh, 100%, uh, but he's, despite, you know, the misses and things, he's, he still keeps getting in those positions to miss. And we, we've seen him, you know, he, he started the game off uh, against uh, Blackpool. You know, it was a freak goal, but you've got to be in a position to score a freak goal. And he was there to, you know, do that and set the, the game in motion. Um, it, it's easy to be critical um, as a pundit, as a fan, and everything. And but you heard the round of applause he got when he came off uh, last night. You know, he, he, it's not for the lack of effort that you know things aren't going his way at the moment. Uh, you know, if it was, then you know Steve wouldn't start him. Um, so I, I would keep the same team. Um, I think the the you can see it gels so well at the moment. Who would you leave out? Um, you wouldn't leave Davis out. You know. But, 
you can't say he's been overplayed because he came from Villa and he was rusty when he first came in and his his fitness levels have, have you know been absolutely superb since every game that you know he plays he gets a little bit fitter and you know till the end of the season you know he's going to be a handful for anybody and I think the other two realised that you know maybe that's the case. Sometimes you have to say, okay, um, I, all I can do to get in the team is do what I do well in training, turn up every day and put everything I've got into training. And uh, you know, Steve, he, he's so astute about you know things and players and whether they deserve to be in or not. I, I think uh, Samba coming back in may have surprised a lot of people. It surprised me a little bit when I saw his name. I thought he's all you know he's all off injured. But no, he wasn't. So he's prepared to make those sort of decisions if he needs to. Uh, but, you know, why would you, you know, leave uh, Davis out at the moment? Because I play centre-half and I would have hated playing against him. You know, he's one of those players that you think, hmm, I've got to be a little bit naughty here, maybe stand on his heel a little bit at the back and stop him doing the things he's doing to me. You know, backing into me, making it easy. And when I played centre-half and strikers did that, I, I just gave them a bit of, say, uh, bit, bit of space so they couldn't feel me. Because strikers do that. You want to try and feel what, who's marking you. And, um, you know, I, I always backed off and they sometimes nearly fell over because they were trying to feel where I was. Um, and but when you play against awkward customers like that, you try anything you possibly can to upset what they're doing. And Coventry didn't do that. Like, they couldn't do that last night. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's just a joy to watch at times as an ex-striker because he's doing all the things that help the team. Not all the things that help him individually. Uh, he's he's helping the team in a massive way, and uh, when you've got somebody like that doing that, it's a it's a formidable weapon to have. Yeah, and he doesn't play ninety minutes anyway, does he? He's always coming off for seventy, so he should be should be fresh enough to keep going. Um, last point before we go, uh, FA Youth Cup on Monday, the under 18s beat Chelsea. Fantastic achievement in the in the final for the first time ever against Man United. I think it's at Old Trafford. It you is, yeah. It. We were talking about this last night, yeah. Well, well, Gar- oh, I'll come to Greg in a minute. Gary, unbelievable. You know, a lot of these lads might not have a massive career, but some will, and hopefully some do at Forest. I mean, it's fantastic for them, isn't it? They'll, they'll remember this run forever. Oh, incredibly. It, again, it, it epitomises what's going on at the football club at the moment. We talk about the first team, but I, I, I use the word again. I keep you know using this word. Steve has embraced the whole football club. Not just the first team, because he's worked with under-17s and got success at England. He started at Liverpool. He knows what it takes to bring young players through and give them the opportunity. And to get through to the final, I, I remember the great run they had when Michael Dawson and that, that group of players, they played Manchester United many years ago. I think they got very close to the, the final, if I, if I remember rightly. Um, and... It's not just the you know the kids the the twenty threes are on a real roll at the moment as well winning games, so it's just not about one group of players. It's about the whole group of players, the whole lot of players he's got at the, his disposal at the football club, and again you know the player the people behind the scenes you know the Andy Reeds, Gary Brazils you know everybody involved in what's going on behind the scenes at the moment with the you know the youngsters the twenty threes deserve a massive amount of credit because. You know, it, it sometimes goes a little bit unnoticed and it shouldn't do because they're doing a fantastic job. And again, that puts the, the smile on my face because it's so important to get that right. Mm. I mean, Greg, you watched it and they've got 
there's a few names that kind of leap off the page and you think actually they might have a chance. Um, McDonnell, Jamie McDonnell, Dale Taylor, who's already played for Northern Ireland, and Detlaf Saparossong, who just seems to get a lot of goals, looks a big, powerful striker. What did you make of it, Greg? Does anyone you watch think, oh, yeah, he's one for the future? Yeah, there was two or three, but I just want to start by saying, so on Friday we went to Madeleine, watched the 23s, and we sat right next to the dugout, and, you know, the Wolves manager bellowing instructions. It was like, give me a headache by the end of it, sick of hearing his voice. And Andy Reid and his assistant were just monitoring and watching this team play, just like the first team played. And I said to my wife that I thought that team would do all right in the championship. I genuinely thought the way we played, the way we bossed the game, it was just like watching the first team. And then you go to Blackpool and watch the first team do what they do. And then Monday, after that under-18s game, I think I said it on Twitter, that's the proudest I've ever been watching Forrest. From Friday to Monday, watching that weekend of all three teams playing how they did. It was just brilliant. And like you say, some of those players, they might never play professionally, but I hope we, we're giving them enough to go and do whatever they want in the future because they're stars and they're getting the rewards now. And I just, I've got so many fingers crossed that, that that FA Youth Cup game is put maybe on the Sunday or when we can all go up there because we'll take busloads to Old Trafford. It, it should be one of the proudest moments we've had as a club. We've never been to the FA Youth Cup final. You know, Chelsea went to the city ground, I'm sure, and thought, you know, I can't wait to get to Old Trafford. But we deserve that win. We bossed the game. And I think Cooper even mentioned it last night that when we went 1-0 down, he said to their opposition coaches that we're good for this game. I think we're going to win it. And we didn't just win it. We destroyed them in the last 10 minutes. And the confidence from top to bottom of this you know, this entire club at the minute, there was probably eight or nine first-team players watching that game. You know, Brennan Johnson could have played in it, I imagine, in another. But it was just, it was so brilliant, so good to watch and just so proud to see how they've done. And who knows what could happen at Old Trafford? Why can't they go up there and win it? Mm, mm, true. Right. Any other business before we go? Gary, anything you want to add? I can't hear anything, by the way. <laughs> Do you think you got a call? Somebody's right. just tried to phone me and it's the, the sound's gone. That's okay. That's okay. Right, Greg, no any other business. We'll leave it just, there. Just one more thing. I think a uh, big discussion in the pub last night about Joe Worrell. And uh, I put my money where my mouth is and said that he's going to play for England one day. So <laughs> I also said we'd make the playoffs, which is I got laughed at back in September. So I'm going to have that one as well and remind him of it. Well, I said to you, uh, we'll go in a minute because Gary can't hear us. Tyrone Mings and Connor Cody played in the championship and they're now England regular season. Exactly. <laughs> right. We'll leave it there. Thanks for everyone who watched along. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, we'll give Gary a wave because I don't think he can hear us. And um, then we'll end it there and we'll be back on Monday. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.